Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Maximize Your Influence team. Thanks for being here. My name is Kurt Mortensen. This is episode 175 of Maximize Your Influence. As we get you some tools, techniques, strategies, things you can do to be more influential, to get other people to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it, that is the goal. That's what we need to be talking about. And a lot of things to talk about today. Of course, we excuse Steve Olson, the slacker. He's on a sabbatical doing who knows where he's going, what he's doing, but he'll soon be back as we talk about these techniques and go through this. So I am solo today. We should have a couple interviews later this month as we go through these strategies. But of course, it's a Super Bowl week. We've got to talk about that. You know, my team didn't make it, but it was a good game. I guess it depends who you're rooting for and what happened. And I think it was the first overtime of any Super Bowl, the greatest comeback of any Super Bowl, and everyone's like, what happened? The Falcons were destroying the Patriots, and it's interesting what happened. It was probably fatigue. The Falcons' defense was just too tired. In fact, they looked at the numbers, and they figured that the Falcons' defense played a game and a half. Because one of the things they did is they went man-to-man, which means you're running a lot more instead of playing zone if you know anything about football. But here's one that anybody can grasp. Patriots took 93 snaps, and the Falcons took 46 snaps. I mean, that was the difference of the game. So hopefully you enjoyed it. We'll talk more about it with the commercials. Of course, we have to talk more about that as we get through this. But we got to get to the geeky article. And I have to tell you, I'm hurt. I came up with the new sound because of the lame Urkel sound I didn't like, and I get hate mail for it (laughs) because people are missing the Urkel sound. So I'm not sure what to do here. So at least for today, I will give you the Urkel sound. Urkel, go. (laughs) Of course, that triggers us to the geeky article of the week that we need to talk about. So let's focus on this. This one's interesting. Of course, I think they're all interesting. I'm the guy who's going to the journals to find out the science because everything I talk about is backed up by science and field work. So this one's out of the Journal of Nature Neuroscience, okay, called Visual Stereotyping. Like, okay, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you. This one's pretty interesting. So what they found is that we stereotype. And, of course, no one thinks they stereotype or have biases. But the way our brain works, you cannot get past it. So what happens is we see somebody... There's a visual representation of the face. And what our brain does is we distort what we see more in line with our biases and our expectations. So if we're expecting someone to be mean, angry, nice, dangerous, exciting, fun, weird, we see these things and it actually changes how we see their face. And of course everyone says, well, not me. Well, (laughs) let me continue. Some people think men are aggressive. Some people think women are more appeasing. talking about the truth here but with that prejudice with that expectation with that stereotype people see different things and faces these are actual pictures that people see so when you meet someone for the first time and you are prejudging them you have an expectation your brain actually alters what you see and how you see their face and the term they use is it warps how we see the person's face So the research shows that these stereotypes seep into the way we think and interact with other people, shaping 
the aspects of our behavior despite our better intentions. We cannot not be biased. We cannot not be prejudiced. Now, being aware of it helps a little bit, but you cannot not be biased. We like to think we're tolerant. We're not biased, but we are. We can't get past that, the way we see things, the way we filter things, the way we interpret things. Look at news media. We're not biased. Look at the words they use, the pictures they choose to show, the stories they choose to run. Uh, biased. They're all biased. And so it's very difficult as a consumer, as the public, to find out, okay, what's really happening, what's really going on, because they're tainted by these biases. And they found this out doing studies, putting people in an MRI, and they viewed different faces. And I'm not going to go to the mechanics of it, but what they found is some people thought some races were angrier than others, even though they weren't. Some people thought, for example, women were happier more than they actually were, just because that was their expectation, that was their stereotype. And this is what the study found, is that this visual bias occurs the moment we glimpse at another person. Well, before we have a chance to correct ourselves or regulate our behavior, the emotional side, going through the amygdala, our caveman brain, our reptilian brain, whatever you want to call it, that's why a lot of persuasion involves that subconscious trigger, that feeling that we have. So being aware of this will help, but remember, this is how we're wired, this is how we're programmed, and you need to understand exactly how that works. So that's my geeky article of the week. Now let me get into some real content that will help you out. Combination of motivating other people, combination of self-persuasion, what I call life alignment or balance. You know, I mentioned earlier the Super Bowl, fatigue. I love what Vince Lombardi said. He was a football coach, one of the early ones, very successful. He said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. So when your life is out of whack, when you're out of alignment, it affects every aspect of your life. It affects your ability to persuade. And that's also true for the person that you're attempting to persuade. So you have to look at it both ways, the self-persuasion and your ability to persuade others. For example, if you had a very nice car and a big, powerful engine, but your wheels were out of alignment, you wouldn't be able to pick up speed very fast. You wouldn't be able to go very fast on the freeway because your wheels would start to wobble, the whole car would start to shake. So you have to ask yourself, have you ever had a time, maybe now, where your life felt out of whack, out of balance, something wasn't quite right, that can hurt your ability to influence, the ability to motivate yourself, the ability to persuade yourself, the ability to persuade other people. And of course, when you're persuading them, their life is out of whack or out of balance. A lot of times they're more difficult to persuade. So I want to talk about the six areas of your life. And if you neglect one, it affects every other area of your life. We like to think, well, it doesn't matter what I do here if I do okay over here. No, it's one round. It's one tire, for example. If you're missing a piece, it affects every aspect of your life. For example, a mutual fund is a collection of stocks. If you have a couple stocks that are real uh, stinkers, I guess I'll use, it affects the value of the whole stock. So I want to give you these areas and write them down or take a mental note, and I want you to choose the area that you feel is your weakest link because it's affecting every other aspect of your life. So the first one is financial. It's probably why you're listening to this podcast, to learn more about how to become more financially independent to increase your persuasion, to close more sales, to be more successful as an entrepreneur. Financial is an important part where we spend the majority of our time. But we all know when you can't pay the bills, it affects your health, it affects your relationships, it affects your ability to sleep, it affects your ability to think. In fact, the studies do show that your ability to think and thinking big picture, it really is tainted when you're stuck in that downward spiral of not being able to pay the bills. So I don't need to talk much about this, but if you are having challenges financially, personal development, listening to these podcasts, finding mentors are some things that can be very helpful to you. That's financial. And we, of course, we know 
that finances have never hurt relationships before, and of course that's false, one of the number one causes of divorce. So that's one area. Is that the area that's really affecting every aspect of your life? The next one is intellectual. As you know, I'm a big personal development junkie. I drive in the car when I'm jogging. When I'm out and about, I'm listening to audios. I'm reading the books. Because a Harvard study shows that those who are learning and growing every day, they're more optimistic about life. They're more enthusiastic about where they're going, what they're going to accomplish. But those who aren't learning and growing every day become very negative and pessimistic. So it changes your psyche. You're learning and growing. You feel smarter. You act smarter. You are smarter. And there's something about it. Are you learning and growing? If you're not listening to the audios and reading the books and, and doing that type of thing, it's going to really hurt you. The world knowledge base doubles every six years, and if you're not keeping up, it's really going to hurt you. What you don't know will hurt you. And is it your intellectual program? Most people don't read another book after school. It's devastating. Right? Listen to the audios. Read the books. I know when I get into a top producer's car, they're listening to personal development audios. In fact, when I hire people, that's my question. Tell me about your personal development program or, or tell me about the last book that you read. Makes a huge difference. I really get to know the person. So we have financial, intellectual, and the third one is spiritual. 95% of the world believes in a higher power. I don't know where you're at, and we all define this in a different way. But let me give you some generic ways to really kind of focus on your spiritual side because most experts agree we have a spiritual side. And when you tap into that, you're happier, you're more productive, you have better relationships, and you're more motivated. That's just how it is. So how you define it's up to you. Is it an organized religion? Is it getting back to nature? Is it meditation? Is it being alone with your thoughts? And all top producers take time to be alone with their thoughts, to listen to that instinct, that, that urge, that impulse, that inner voice, whatever you want to call it. Take time to be alone with your thoughts. And I'd also add, take time to serve others. Give back, help out. It'll do more for you than it does for other people. Your spiritual side is very important. Is that what's holding you back? Is that what's affecting the other aspects of your life? Then there's physical. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to eat right. You don't have time not to. We've all made those excuses before, but bottom line is exercise gives you more time. Hmm. You'll live longer. You think better. You sleep less. You accomplish more. What's your health plan like? Do you need to eat better? Do you need to exercise more? Or all the above. If you're not feeling well, you can't do well. It affects every aspect of your life. Is, is that your weakest link? Is physical your weakest link? And you need to decide and come up with some of these solutions. After physical is emotional. What a lot of people don't realize is emotions are addicting. When you feel an emotion, there's a physiological response in your body. It releases neuropeptides and depression. Anger can be addicting for some people. It's just how it is. But your ability to have that emotional intelligence, to understand your own emotions and read other people is a big part of your success. But if your emotions are hurting your relationships, hurting your ability to work, that you're quick to anger, you're holding on resentment, you're always frustrated, that changes things. It's interesting, I was reading an article about being offended. They said, you know, being offended and holding that grudge is a sign of emotional immaturity. Hmm, I thought that was really interesting. But are your emotions hijacking every aspect of your life? Is that the one? Understanding, interpreting, reading other emotions is a big part of your success. Is that the area that's holding you back? And the last one is social, your relationships. Now, I know you've probably been burned, but your greatest happiness and joy comes from your relationships. Maybe your spouse, your family, your children, or the people that you're hanging out with, your good friends. But again, the greatest sorrow comes from a lot of those things too, but you can't just give up. Our networks, our relationships is a big part of our success. The bigger your network, the more successful you're going to be. 
That's what the studies show. You can take a hardened criminal, a murderer in prison, and the worst punishment you can give them is solitary confinement. We need to interact. We need the relationships. And I love what my early mentor Jim Rohn said. He says, have you ever met a rich hermit? <laughs> you know, someone stuck in solitary? No, we need the relationships. And that is a key factor for our success and what we're working on and what you need to do. So if you're not happy or something's out of whack, take a look at these six areas. Financial, intellectual, spiritual, physical, emotional, social. What is the one you need to work on? What is the one that's affecting the other aspects of your life? And I'm not saying you need to spend equal time on each one of these. I am not saying that, but you need to spend time on each one of these. For example, in the morning, my routine, I can take three of these and hammer them out in an hour. I can take care of my exercise, my personal development by listening to audios while I exercise and take a little time after I exercise to be alone with my thoughts and think about the day and listen to my heart and to that inner voice. That could take an hour. Of course, financial is going to take most of your time. And of course, we all need to spend more time on the social and our relationships, but that makes a big difference. So here's the takeaway here. Here's what I want you to understand on how this works. For your self-persuasion, your own personal motivation, what area is holding you back? What is sucking the life out of you? What is hurting the other areas of your life? And you can't say, well, that's just my family relationship. And if you're working with someone or trying to motivate someone or trying to persuade someone and they're hijacked emotionally or not doing well financially or not feeling well physically, it could hurt. It could hinder your ability to persuade and influence. And that's what I want you to focus on as you go through this to really understand exactly how this works. Okay? So that's what I call life alignment. That's something that's really important, especially the emotional side. In fact, if you want to get more information on the emotional control, what Olympic athletes do to control that, the correlation between mental and physical, we talked about this on uh, the episode 26, if you want to go back to the archives. Now, if you want access to the archives, that's only available to nice people. Or <laughs> I put up a special link this week. If you want uh, free access to Influence University, Go to HealThePain.com. Why heal the pain? Well, the pain of not making enough money. We need to heal it by learning how to persuade and influence and persuading yourself. So if you go to HealThePain.com, there's a way to get to the free membership of Influence University. And you'll have access to the archives. You'll have access to the persuasion tool of the day. You'll have access to a few training materials that will be very helpful to you. So that's where we post the other episodes. Of course, the recent episodes and links to subscribe to this podcast so it's automatically downloaded to you is at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And also follow us on Twitter at InfluenceMax. And of course, we're on Facebook under Maximize Your Influence. So I'm going to do something a little bit different here as we talk about this. I'm going to add the listener email to the blunder. So the email says, hey, Kurt, love the podcast. Thanks for keeping us up to speed on the latest persuasion techniques. But hey... You've got to rate the Super Bowl commercials. I want to know your thoughts and what you think. Well, all right, we could do that. And we'll also make that the blunder of the week. So with every blunder, we got to hear our friend Homer. Homer, go. Go, go, go. All right. So the Super Bowl commercials and the blunders. Hmm. Well, it's interesting. If you look at the overall rankings of the Super Bowl commercials, right? So you got to make sure these are working, that these are connecting with people. So companies are spending $5 million bucks a pop and even more because they're showing multiple commercials. The one that was rated the highest was the one with Melissa McCarthy. 
she was saving the world. She had to save the whales, and then she saved the ice caps, and then she was saving the trees, I think it was, and then it was the rhinos. And it was just funny. It was humor. She was getting beat up. I think the whale sunk her boat, and the rhino attacked her, and of course she fell off the ice cap. The challenge is, is a lot of people don't remember who the advertiser was. And that's a challenge. If you're spending $5 million to promote a commercial, you kind of want to know what they're promoting. Can you remember what they were promoting? It was the Kia Nero. It was a hybrid eco car, kind of a play on the eco and what she was doing. So that's a blunder for a lot of advertisers. They do these great commercials, and nobody knows who they are. Yeah, that was funny. I like that one. Well, who was the sponsor? Who was the company? Oh, I don't know. That is a huge blunder. The second blunder I'm going to point out here is under the law of contrast, one of the 12 laws of persuasion in my book, Maximum Influence, is that... You had a lot of great commercials that really resonated with people, that made people laugh. Then you had a lot of these mediocre to average commercials that at any other time they would have been great and people would have remembered, but they didn't look good. Let me give you another example so you can understand this. If you're going to a job interview and the person in front of you is really sharp and intelligent, you're not going to look so good. Now, on the flip side, if they were dumb and not very smart, you're going to look better. Or if somebody in a meeting has a really bad idea you come up with your idea, it's going to look better. That's contrast. Even when I do keynote addresses or speak publicly, if, if the person speaking before me is not that good, I'm going to look better, right? And that's what happened with a lot of these commercials is that they were pretty good, but when you contrast them with a lot of the Terry Bradshaw commercials or the Budweiser commercials or this Kia commercial we've been talking about, they don't look as good. So there's a dual blunder here where you're spending a lot of money, they remember the commercial but not who you are, and then if you're going to show just an average commercial, you're going to look less than average because of the law of contrast. I mean, it could even be a pretty good commercial and pull really well, but contrasting these other commercials, that could be a challenge. And here's one last challenge when you look at these Super Bowl commercials, is what you think is the best one versus what really works could be two very different things. Studies were done a while back on these Super Bowl commercials where people were given MRIs while they were watching the commercials, and the one that resonated the most, that people remembered the most, that had the most impact was a Disney emotional commercial. And it wasn't even in the top 10 as far as what people liked. So that could be something else. Just because you remember it, are you going to buy their product versus what's going to cause that subconscious trigger to go to Disneyland or buy their product based on that commercial? A lot of people really don't understand the impact that they could be having emotionally. So how can you use this as a persuasion tool? You have to think, what are they comparing you to? What company are they looking at first? What price point are they looking at first? They're comparing and contrasting because they have this mindset. They're going to compare your product or service to something that they already know and understand. So are they going to compare your product or service to a used car or to a Rolls Royce? It depends on how you do that and contrast that in your presentation. And if you want more information on Law of Contrast, episode 102, I focus the whole time on the law of contrast and you get access to influence university archives at healthepain.com put a link up there for you that will take you right there so i call today's topic the energy of influence when i study charismatic people having that energy that aura having that balance makes a big difference in ability to persuade and influence so think about that this week choose the ones that you need to work on but make sure you just take a few tools each week, apply them, and use them to become a part of you. Become a better persuader. Make the world a better place and go out and persuade with power.